The following podcast is presented by Ensign Services, Inc., a company engaged in the business of providing contracted for administrative and back office type support services to post-acute healthcare clients. Ensign Services provides accounting, human resources, compliance, legal, risk management, information technology, training, construction support, and other such miscellaneous services to its clients. These contracted for services are available to be utilized at the sole discretion of its clients. References within the podcast to the company and its activities, as well as the use of the terms we, us, its, our, and similar terms used during the discussion are not meant to imply that Ensign Services, Inc. or the Ensign Group, Inc. has any direct operational control, supervision, or direction of the independently operated post-acute healthcare entities. Chelsea, are you excited to do this podcast? I am so excited. Are you, I'm, I can, I'm I grateful can, to be back. <laughs> I can tell. You need to say that a little bit more believable. I know. It's not no, my greatest No, this is strength. good, though. This is impact <laughs> players. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad you're wanting to do this because you had told me that you're, you and your team were reading this book recently, Impact Players by Liz Weissman, right? Yes, we are currently reading this book. Um, okay, and so not done. We're not done, yeah. Okay. No, I was just going right. to say, I have to admit we're not done, but okay. we are loving it. Um, our team is talking about it. We read it and then get together and discuss what we're learning every week. And it's really challenging our perspective, really thinking about how we are doing more than just our job and really focusing on how you don't need a title to lead. Um, and so I just love that thought in this book, how she keeps reiterating that you don't need a title. We uh, sometimes think we need that, right, though? I mean, I was even just interviewing somebody yesterday, and they, they were saying they want this job because they want that title or that opportunity to be able to make a cultural impact. And I thought, you don't need that title. Yeah, she points out over and over that leaders are just those that have the desire to make things better and then the willingness to do something about it. So yeah. you can do something about anything without that title. So it's it's been really eye-opening for our team and oh, we're really enjoying it. So um, maybe you could start us off with the concept of the book, Impact Players, and what Liz Wiseman is really trying to get us to understand from the book. Yeah, I, let's talk about impact. Before we even talk about impact players, um, she makes the point that that psychologically, virtually everyone wants to make a difference. It's just a need that we have. We need to feel like we're making an impact. Patrick Lencioni talks about this, right? That that one of the signs of a miserable job is irrelevancy. Irrelevancy is feeling like you're not making an impact. And, and so people's general need to want to matter um, it, it sort of leads to another study that she shared. And I, and I learned this before I read the book. And it was when a lot of people were asking me to come out and do trainings on how to lead tired teams, you know, how to lead teams that are burned out when you are too. And the quote is this, says, burnout isn't necessarily a function of too much work, which is, which is what we think, right? We think burnout comes because we're just, oh, we're just, there's so much to do. And the, the study determined burnout is more often the result of too little impact. It's interesting, right? That it's, it's we get burned out because we're not feeling like we're making enough of a difference. There's even a Harvard study uh, that, that's cited in the book that that is saying how much damage is done. And I really liked hearing this. Um, when people say, just whatever you do, make sure you go pursue your passion. 
Were you ever given that advice growing up? <laughs> I sure was. And I thought I was doomed because my whole life I was never passionate about anything. I wasn't like, you know, the passionate person about soccer or some sport. Never or... fencing? You were never <laughs> Chelsea Chelsea fenced. And I did so dabble in a little only, bit of fencing. The only person I know. So never see, It was a short lived thing, so let's <laughs> let's maybe strike that from the record. See, see if I if I had followed my passion, I would be a very old man right now, still trying to get into the NBA. Right. I mean, I loved basketball. That's what. And so they say, look, it's it's not just about going and pursuing your passion. And she really gets into how impact players aren't necessarily following their passion. They're just doing their jobs, whatever it is, with passion. Yeah, that that was such an interesting concept to me, too, because it just made me think and, and start to question, is passion something that can be learned? Can you start to learn to have passion for something that you're doing or do you just naturally come with that passion? Yeah. And well, and that's the concluding statement they made. They said to be happiest, don't follow your passion, go solve big problems. Right? That's an that's an impact concept. So uh so then her goal is to to help us become impact players as opposed to just contributors, right? That in 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 the book multipliers that she reads. Um, right. That she writes in the book, <laughs> multipliers that she writes, she's comparing diminishers to multipliers, right? In this book, it's impact players to contributors. Yeah. So diminisher sounds like a bad thing when you're comparing diminishers to multipliers, but contributors doesn't sound like a bad thing. Um, yeah. obviously impact player sounds better. So how does she differentiate? Yeah, this is this is more of a a good to great change rather than a bad. It's not like she's comparing impact players to, you know, drunk lazy hobos or something like that. She's trying to help us take the step up from being a mere contributor, someone that, you know, might be good in their job and they do uh, lots of good things to so someone who has a makes a true impact so that we can feel more fulfilled in our lives. All right. So so let's get into this. How do you know if you're a contributor? Um, when a let's let's take a messy problem first. When a messy problem comes, a contributor comes upon that problem and they see it as as a distraction from their job. Right. It's something that gets in the way. They 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 sort of hope it goes away so they can keep doing their job well. Whereas when a messy problem comes and an impact player sees it, they see that as a chance to be useful. Yeah, uh, it's true. I recently had a team member that that came to me and they're like, gosh, I used to be so frustrated that this wasn't working or we had all these problems and I would just get frustrated. And now, you know, through the lens of impact players and how you do the job that's needed, they're like, wow, it's actually I get to solve this problem. This I get to be part of the solution and make it better for the overall organization. So it's been pretty cool. Yeah. So when the contributor does their job, the impact player does the job that's needed. That's different, right? The contributors, okay, but that's not my job. This is my job. Impact players say what needs to be done. All right. Here, so that's messy problems. Now the next one, when there's a lack of clarity of leadership roles. Think about that. When when there's sort of a leadership vacuum, the contributor sort of waits for someone to tell them what to do. Well, this is chaotic. Oh, nobody's doing anything. This is crazy. I wonder. The impact player sees that vacuum and says, I'm going to step up. I'm going to give direction. And then she points out, and then they step back again. 
it's not like they're they're seeing that vacuum as okay now is my chance to gain power or authority or anything like that they step back again they just kind of see that need to kind of get the wheels on and keep things moving even though yeah it's yeah not they're job. like it again it's not about them and it's not about their function it's about there's a problem that needs to be solved and I want to make an impact and help solve that problem um the, here's the other thing and you've probably experienced this the contributor brings messy problems to their boss to solve the impact player sees that as a chance to be a problem solver. You know what I'm talking about? The 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 person that's constantly just bringing you, oh, this is going wrong and that's going wrong and I have this problem and I need this to be solved. Whereas the impact player may use their boss as a consultant in something like that, but they see it as a chance to say, look, I, I, I want to fix these things. Bosses don't want more dependent. Well, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't, as a boss, want more dependence. I want more eyes looking for more opportunities and ears listening for for needs. And and I, I just want more people that are helping to solve problems. What well, kind of takes away the need from one leader? Then you have many leaders looking for things to to make better and improve. And so, yeah, I, I see how that. And I, and I think that's one of the points that she makes is the more impact players that you have in an organization, the fewer managers you need. Right. And, and, and this is, you know, we, we, you mentioned this a little bit, but impact players really don't feel like they need a title to solve a problem. Right. There's it. Sometimes people are just waiting. Well, if I if I had this job, I could have more of an impact. If you gave me this title, one of the great quotes from the book that I really liked is is this. It says too often capable people miss opportunities to act nobly because they are waiting to be knighted. Yeah, that's so true. I, I love how impact players are the ones that are making things happen, making a difference. They embody that mindset of you know, not having to wait to be told what to do or wait for that leadership position, um, waiting for permission. They're not doing that. They're just in it and solving the problem. Uh, another quote to kind of supplement what you've said is the the one that she references from General Patton saying, lead me, follow me, or get out of my way. Um, it seems kind of rude. It does, <laughs> but, but I think it's so true. Those that do neither of those things are the ones that are most likely going to get pushed out of the way or miss opportunities like you just mentioned above. So, so should, should contributors not be concerned about stepping in on toes or staying in their lane or anything like that? Because that's often what holds people back from stepping into these vacuums. Yeah. I mean, right? I think that that's the difference between a contributor and an impact player. An impact player is not concerned with stepping on toes or um, getting out of their lane, but a contributor has that mindset of, oh, I'm going to step on someone's toes. I don't want to get in their way. I don't want to do that. Whereas the impact player, again, just wants to solve problems. Yeah. So, I mean, like we just said, that the impact players are really those ones that are looking for their where the, the job that's needed and going for it. Yep. Um, the book talks a lot about bosses who are talking about their impact players and, and some of the things that they say. Um, what, what are some of those things? Yeah, she goes through a lot of quotes when they're actual quotes. I, I, I won't read the quotes here, but I kind of summarize because some of them fall in the same categories. One boss started talking about how, how they had an impact player employee that, that would not only solve the problem, but then do a little bit extra. 
Do you know what I mean by that? And I, they they kind of throw in a surprise with with that. They they'll provide a detailed solution. Okay, this is what we've done, and they've got you know this lengthy email or this lengthy report, and then they say, "But I know this solution's complicated. I've summarized these top five things for you, and 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 make it uh you know to make it more simple. Simplified, so, yeah. Yeah, they they go a little bit extra. They they. I don't know. I like how she says it. They throw in a surprise, which I guess sounds surprise. kind of funny. But and, and whereas contributors, as we've talked about, they feel like messy problems aren't their job. So they stay in their lane. Contributors feel like their value comes from their job title, whereas impact players. And I, this is kind of the phrase. I know I'm repeating this, but I, that I want us to understand impact players value comes from the impact they make regardless of their job title. Another boss, there was another example that given that they talked about how uh, when they hand off a project to an impact player, they said they don't have to worry about it again. You you can, I, I mean, I know the difference when with people, when I hand something off and I think, okay, but I'm going to need to follow well, up on this. Well, you have to like spell out every step. Okay, first you do step one and then you do yeah. step two and then you do step three and, and they're going to only check the boxes that and you've outlined. And then you check up the next day. Did you do step one? Did yeah. you do step two? Whereas the people that are impact players, you hand off. And they come across, maybe step three doesn't exist or is a little bit different and they find a way to get to step four. Yeah. Uh, whereas I, I've seen contributors, well, when I got to step three, it wasn't how you outlined. So I just stopped. Yeah. So she calls these impact players completion freaks. They're, they just, they are finishers. And I, I have a friend who he, he played quarterback, he's starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, obviously someone that that has worked a lot at his craft. And he said, in this world, there are a lot of starters. There's very few finishers. And that that really is what differentiates people. Uh, contributors need to be asked, and these bosses say that their contributors that work for them need to be asked over and over again where they are on a project. Um, I, I kind of like this one. And, and uh, you know, Emily recently did a, uh, I'm looking at Connor, uh, you know, that's, that's Connor, right? Is your microphone working? No? Yes. Yes. Uh, she did a training on kind of the fun theory and how important fun is at work. And, and it, it ties in with what some of these bosses said about impact players. They're really good at making uh, work lighter for everybody. The atmosphere lighter. They're more fun to work with. They're, they're really good at giving credit to other people. And, and so this one boss said, everyone loves working with her because she makes it lighter. Contributors, on the other hand, they always want to know what's in it for them. They're always wanting to protect themselves from blame. I think the thing I'd add, and this isn't from the book, but if you've ever listened to me talk, I think contributors tend to be dump trucks, whereas impact players tend to be tow trucks, right? We know the difference. A dump truck makes heavy work. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's kind of like, here's they, another step for you to do in order to get to the next step. Yeah, when, that, when, it, when a contributor comes in, I know I'm about to get dumped on and my workload is about to get heavier. When a impact player comes in. Work gets light. Work gets light because they're a tow truck and they tow it away. And, uh, and, and then the other comparison is contributors tend to act like employees in an organization, whereas impact players are much more like partners. Oh, my gosh. This is so true. Impact players are so amazing to work with. Um, I've worked with so many and I can just think of those people that are 
um, impact players are more like partners. They're not like, well, I only know my area and I'm only going to stay right here. It, it really is a collaboration and we're partners in this together. We're seeking the best answer for the organization or the project or whatever it may be that we're working on. And it's not just a job. They want to leave yeah. their impact on on what we're doing. Yeah. Um. So as I'm reading this book, I found several comments from bosses about both contributors and impact players that I could relate to. And, you know, one of the ones about contributors. So these are the ones that you feel like really struck you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or <laughs> Clay told you, me no <laughs> Made you cry. I didn't. Well, I mean, uh, he has a tendency to overreact, is negative and emotional. He received, you're not saying this about Clay. You're saying this is what a boss no, said I, about I am it. talking about you, right? Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what a boss has said about a contributor, they're saying that they have a tendency to overreact, negative and emotional, receives feedback, but slow to change. Puts in reasonable effort, but work won't get done until I push, just like we were talking about, like following up, checking in. Have you done this step? Have you done that? Do you know, do you know the negative piece? There, there's one part where one boss referred to it as recreational complaining. Mm. And he said, she laments about everything that isn't working because she sees it as more of a threat. And yep, so that's, more that's of a that challenge negative overreaction. And, oh, if it's a challenge, I'm done, right? Yeah. Um, if, they, if they can't get through that challenge and they're escalating it to the boss, wants everything to be smooth, but then if it's not, they just get frustrated and, <sighs> and want to walk away. Um, maybe says the right things in the meeting. Oh yeah, I'm on that. I got this done. I can, yeah, I can picture this actually. Uh, <laughs> but then after the meeting, <laughs> nothing actually happens. So there's no execution. Um, so yeah, th those are some of the things that they're saying about contributors. But then when you look at what they're saying about impact players, I mean, gosh, it sounds a whole lot different. Seeks out feedback without it being prompted. Uh, takes feedback as a positive and does something with it. Learns quickly from errors. I mean, that one is so speaks to me. I love that so much. I know we're all going to make mistakes, but hopefully we're learning from them and not making the same mistake again and again. Mine is that I need to seek out feedback. I've, I've got I always say that and I just don't take the time to do it. Yeah. Feedback's a tough one. Um, another said um, about an impact player, uh, it is more often they will remind me of a deadline than I have to remind them. So they're following up with their yeah. Their leader um, recognize problems early and solve them. I remember them talking about this in the book a lot about being able to foresee issues. You know a problem's going to come and that you're planning for it um, and you're figuring out a way around roadblocks, maybe even you know, imagining it and thinking through it before you get to that problem so that you know how you'll react when you get to that problem. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, they say, um, they see everything to the end, no matter who gets the credit. Completion freaks. Yeah. Yeah. These are, these are all, you know, again, when, when you're, when you're a contributor, these are things that cause you to lose so much credibility with your boss. Right. And there's, there's one point in the book and, and she summarizes a lot of these things too, but she summarizes credibility killers and credibility builders. Um, and I, you know, let, let me, let me just list some of these off. And, and if you have any comments, feel free to make them. So credibility killers, Gives problems without solutions, right? That's sort of the dump truck. I'm just going to dump problems on the on with you, and hopefully you solve them. Waits to be told what to do. Uh, makes your boss chase you down to give you instructions. They don't worry about the big picture. Just just their myopic view. Yeah, this is the one like I think of where it really relates to that stay in your lane piece. Where yeah. like this is just my job. I'm only seeing what's right in front of me instead of taking that big step back, zooming out. 
How is this going to impact other stakeholders around me? Yeah, I'm accounting. Why do I care? That's not my, or I'm, you know, IT or, or whatever. Yeah, they've got to have that, that big picture. Uh, anytime someone asks about their next promotion or their raise, sending long meandering emails that are burdensome to read, when they badmouth colleagues, create drama or stir up conflict, when they give the boss bad news at the last minute, when it's too late to do anything about it. Another one of my favorites. Instead of, <laughs> instead of like right then when, yeah. uh, when they, when they're trying to sell you, so they leave out the other side of the story or inconvenient facts, right? When we're making decisions, we should have all the facts. Well, here's why it's positive, but here's why it's negative. This is the decision I would make, but I want to make sure you have all of the data. Uh, sometimes they leave out the kind of inconvenient facts, blaming others for their mistakes, agreeing to their face, but disagreeing behind their backs, right? And that's sometimes the meeting after meeting the meeting, up, yep. right? You, they nod and smile and then In they the leave. Group, and then they go talk to their exactly. friends. Exactly. Oh, what did you really think? That's not my job. Uh, listening to feedback and then doing nothing. Uh, being late to meetings and then disengaged in those meetings. Okay, so those are the credibility killers. Uh, opposite end of the credibility builders. And some of them are the opposite and, and related, and some are a little bit different. Doing things without being asked. Anticipating problems and having a plan to help solve them. Being really good at helping teammates, right? This is the Ubuntu effect of someone that's really good at, at building up others. Doing a little extra, that's kind of the surprise that, that we talked about. Being curious and really good at asking questions. Yeah, asking good questions is is so helpful because it just challenges you to think differently than maybe you're thinking and really gives someone an opportunity to verbalize their understanding of something. Right. Yeah. Uh, proactively asking for feedback, admitting mistakes and fixing them quickly, bringing good energy. Uh, he, you know, she even says having fun, making others laugh, figuring out what to do for yourself, uh, finishing a job without being reminded getting to the point and telling telling it to your boss straight right like like be real it's one of the the myths that we have we think that if we're honest with people we're going to lose all of our friends but the reality is is we've got to we've got to be more forthcoming do your homework and come prepared and then the last one making your leader and the team look good not making it about yourself yeah. right yeah i can see how all of these either enhance or diminish your impact on the organization or the team or yeah. Um, I, I just have to revisit the credit credibility. Wow. Okay. Credibility <laughs> builders. Um, Shouldn't drink before the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the ones that quickly admit mistakes and fix them. Gosh, this one, I, I feel like I just learned so early on in my career. And I, I just love that one where we all are expected. I know I brought this up earlier, but we are all expected to make some mistakes. We're going to make them. And I truly believe it's what you do with the mistake and how you set yourself up to learn from them so you don't make the same mistake over and over. Um, and then, yeah, like just how we respond to them, how we take credit for them and move forward. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty passionate about that one. There's the passion I found in I my, that I missed I in see. my early years. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what if I'm wanting to have more of an impact? Yeah. So, so now let's just briefly talk about, all right, maybe I feel like I'm a contributor and I need to be an impact player. What do I do? She, she sort of gives a list and I'll just briefly talk about some of these. She said, one of the first things that you can do, and this was interesting to me, she said, be really good at providing an FYI to people. Like let people know, you got to do this cautiously. Listen to this advice cautiously. 
let people know what you're doing. Hey, I'm working on this. I saw this problem and, I, and I'm, I'm trying to find a way to fix this. I say cautiously because that can be sound very self-promoting or, hey, look at what I'm doing. And hey, check us out. Right. Like, look <laughs> at what's happening. And, and so obviously be cautious with that. But if it's if you're really good at just keeping people updated, hey, I've noticed that we've got a problem in our operations with this. And I, I just want you to know I'm working on this project and I'll, I'll keep you updated with where I am. But letting people know that just sort of providing that FYI. And then the other thing she says, and, and we've mentioned this a couple times, but but add that surprise. Hey, I, I've also changed this system and I and I looked at this, or I've changed this report. I want you to take a look at it, see if you like it. When you're kind of looking to go that extra mile and and say, um, you know, I, I, I did a little bit more because I think it can really help us. That raises eyebrows and that makes people really appreciate you. You become that person that makes work lighter for other people instead of one that's more burdensome. And that sort of goes along with sort of innovating and, and sharing and proving a process. Now, here's the other one where you have to be really cautious. It says, share evidence of success. Okay. Um, now, if I, if I take that cynically, I'm going to listen to that and I'm going to say, hey, look at what I did. It's so good. I made things so much better, you know, and, and that. But if you're focused on the work, you know what, guys, we changed this system. I want you to see the impact. Look at look at how turnover has gone down in this operation or look at how uh, the clinical results have improved or look at how it, it's making sure that we're showing how the work has made things better and and pointing those out, sharing the evidence, sharing the green and clean, the data that, that is showing that, that, that things are better. And then the final thing she says is make sure that you're focused on building champions around you. This goes back to the concept of Ubuntu. Have you ever heard of that word, Ubuntu? And it's never. it's never. So it's, you know, it's this idea of I'm going to do my best to elevate others around me. I, 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 I sometimes think that we're caught up in the myth that we've got to look better compared to everyone else around us. And the way you can be most successful is if you're really good at elevating people around you, that's how you're going to have the most success. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of listening to this in two ways. I'm, I'm listening as how do I be more of an impact player, but also how do I build a team of impact yeah. players? How do we find these? I, you know, I'll, I'll shout this one out for Beverly. Uh, Lou Holtz is a is the former coach of uh, of Notre Dame Fighting Irish football team, and he was asked the question once. Uh, you know, how are you so good at motivating your players? And he, he said, motivating my players. He goes, no, I, I recruit motivated players, and then I do my best not to demotivate them while I'm while I'm training them. Um, so, so finding these people is, is really important. Uh, I, I like the example that Liz uses in the book about, um, you know, the impact player is the person that when everyone else sees a bee and starts worrying about the swarm and starts scattering and being scared, they're the ones that are figuring out how to build a hive and harvest honey, right? They just sort of have that mentality. Uh, and I feel like we saw a lot of these during COVID. A lot of, a lot of people panicked and a lot of people made their operations better. They saw it as an opportunity to improve and, and fix things. And it was pretty impressive. The impact player is the one you want to find yourself on a deserted island with, right? They're, they're the ones that the contributor is the one that you know that you're going to have to help survive. The impact player is the one that's building shelter and, and building a windmill to create power. And they're just, they see 
they see everything as an opportunity to do something great. And the last example she used that I, I thought was kind of funny, I, I think it's Apollo 13. Do you, you ever see that movie and they've got to get people back uh, into orbit? And no, okay, it's probably before your time. No, you probably I've born seen yet. it. I'm just horrible but, at actually paying attention. <laughs> but they, they basically, they, they go into this. I think they're in Houston and they say, these are all the things that they have on the space shuttle and they need to fit this round peg into this square hole, right? And And this is what they have to do it with. And it was just this big project that all the engineers back at NASA had to solve. Now, now imagine that scene and, and the impact player is the one that's saying, okay, let's do this, right? The contributor is the one that's saying, okay, let's do this, but I'm off in 15 minutes. I have eight hours, <laughs> go. Exactly. <laughs> like they're just, it, it, it's all about their job, right? Right. Yeah. So it, it sounds like contributor contributors, I am having trouble yeah. talking. <laughs> yeah, lay off the alcohol. Are the ones that are position holders, right? They they have a job, they have a function or And that's how they define themselves, by their title. Do. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And then impact players sees themselves as problem solvers. What job needs to be done? I'm going to go get it done. They define themselves by the impact that mm. they have. Wow. Right? And I love that. I mean, it's for me, uh, impact players are, are cons like, what does the organization need? It's sort of the JFK test that I always talk about. JFK is famously known for saying, ask not what your country can do for you, but instead what you can do for your country. When you have that attitude towards, ask not what the organization can do for you. That's a contributor's mindset. Instead, ask what you can be doing for the organization. That's the that's the impact player's mindset. Like, like how is it going to affect the organization as opposed to how is it going to make me look? Um, impact players are, they know what's important to their leaders and, and so they make it important to themselves. I know this is what they want. So this is what I'm going to be obsessed with. And I say leaders because she says leaders, I really should say partners. I mean, I, I should say everybody around you, if you work for me, if you report to, to me, I should know what's important to you so that I'm obsessed with helping you be better at, at accomplishing those things. Uh, to an impact player, organizational charts mean very little. In fact, I like this quote that she says in the book. One impact player was quoted as saying, I've never had job boundaries, at least not in my mind, right? They don't wait to be asked. They, they know when it's appropriate to invite themselves to the meeting, to assert their ability to contribute and lead. Um, they, they just, it's not about them and it's not about their coworkers. It's about having that impact and achieving those results. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's something I've always really loved and enjoyed about being part of this company. Um, I think back to some of my earlier career days when I was in a very traditional corporate hierarchical company and, and I saw a need and a project that I wanted to work on and I started working on it and Man, did I ruffle say, some whoa, feathers? Whoa, whoa, what yeah, are you doing? wait, wait, we're already all over this. You, this is not your responsibility. And I was like, whoa, okay. So I was quickly put back in my place of stay in your lane. Uh, so I do remember coming here and feeling like, okay, like, can I do that? Can I not yeah. do that? Like, society um, sort of trains us to be contributors. Yeah, is right. What you're like, saying. you don't yeah. want to step on toes, right? You, that whole yeah. mentality that that we kind of come with. But then coming here and and having that refreshing feeling of oh, you see a need and you want to make an impact, go for it. Uh, you know, figure out what you More need to do, to you. who you need to involve and, and get it done. So I have always seen that as super exciting.
Yeah, you know, one of the quotes from the book that I, I really like, um, and, and, you know, you go back to this idea of the opportunity lens that, that impact players see the world through and the threat lens that contributors, you know, everything's a threat to a contributor. Everything's an opportunity to an impact player. But But this quote from the book that I like is, the problem is not that there are problems. The problem is expecting otherwise and thinking that having problems is a problem. Right. Did you follow me on yeah. that? Like if there's a problem, we have a problem. It shouldn't be versus that way. Versus we should always expect a problem. Yeah. It's sort of the way. It's, and our job is to solve problems. The The contributor's tendency is to avoid the difficult problems. And, and it's based on their belief that adversity hurts and should be avoided. That's, that's, that's like somebody saying, well... I don't want to have to go to a gym and lift weights because there's going to be a lot of pressure and a lot of adversity. So let's stay away from the gym, mm. which clearly is one of my philosophies. <laughs> clearly. Oh, gosh. Okay. So before we finish, um, we've talked a lot about feedback in recent podcasts and, and as an organization overall, I feel like we're constantly saying, ask for feedback, receive feedback. It's what makes us better. Yeah, and she um, talks a lot about it what, here yeah, in this so book too. How, how do we apply that to what Liz is talking about in Impact Players? Yeah, so the advice she gives first is is briefly with giving feedback. Um, she she gives an example of a, a really great boss that she says was a really, and, and quotes, tough feedback giver right? Just really gave tough feedback. But but her boss told her, I'm giving you my toughest feedback because your work is really good and it deserves it. I've had kids, you know, my, my I son that played on the soccer team and sons that played on the basketball and volleyball teams. And, and there's times where their coach gets really hard on them and they complain about it. And I'm, and I'm thinking, be grateful that they care enough to, to value uh, your place on the team and value you on the team that they're taking that time to well, push you. Giving right? feedback is no easier than receiving it, right? Like it's hard to give someone feedback. And so you really only do it when you care enough about someone that you want to help. For me, it's harder than receiving feedback. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, it's yeah, it can tougher. be super hard to give it. And so if you are giving it, I, I would hope that people think, wow, they really do care enough about me to want to yeah. give it to me. Yeah. So I'd say refer to that, the, uh, re the recent podcast on giving difficult feedback, but but kind of going to that mentality of that's why I'm giving the feedback. And, and if we can, she gives the advice of separating the work from the person. That it's important to do when, when you know, both giving and receiving feedback, let's figure out how to make things work better. I'm not trying to fix you as a person. You as a person are great. Let's make this work better. And, and she says that focusing on the work helps defenses to be lowered and, and basically more information can get in, right? So, so that's my mentality. I'm not saying, Chelsea, you've got to fix the. It's, yeah. hey, this work needs to, we need to fix how we do this work here. Allows us to hear more of the you. feedback versus feeling defensive. So yeah. that, well, that, well, that's talking about giving and it's the same thing with receiving, right? It, 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 my toughest experiences with feedback here, and, and this is very true. I've been hurt the most when I've come to these experiences of feedback expecting, you know, a sizable helping of praise with maybe a few pointers. I'm I'm hoping to hear all these things that are great about me. Clay, you are wonderful. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of I just so appreciate you. And I can sit there and go, oh shucks, you know, stop. And and if I go with that mentality, then the real things that might come out of the blue and shock me. Like they are going to shock me and it's going to, it's going to hurt my ego. 
So instead, I need to learn to come with a passionate curiosity, asking the question, what are people not getting from me that they need? And and help me understand what you want me to do differently. So I do quarterly reviews with my direct reports uh, instead of annual reviews every three months. And I ask the same three questions every quarter. And I say, you know, what what did you accomplish last quarter? What are you wanting to accomplish this quarter? What is something that you're needing to fix? And most recently, I've added a question. My direct reports are going to say, no, he hasn't asked this question. That's because this is new. I, I'm asking, what it, help me understand what you need me to do differently. Like, what is it that I can do? What, what is it that you're not getting from me that you need? And, and I, I, feel, I feel like it helps because now instead of asking for feedback, which is tough and that I'm bracing for, I'm asking for guidance. You don't need to necessarily tell me what I'm doing wrong. Guide me to do what's right. And, and then it keeps kind of a positive focus. And then, you know, I, in a, I mentioned this in the recent podcast, when impact players what they're really good at doing and that I'm trying to be better at is sort of circling back. Hey, remember how you told me I need to do this better? I did this. Um, this is what's happening. I'll, I'll keep you updated. I'm still working on it. I did this with uh, with someone that I mentioned. I mentioned in the podcast when when Missy gave me some feedback that was hard for me to hear. And I said, I, I reached out after and I said, hey, I, I fixed this. I wanted to let you know I did this. And that just meant a lot to them because they felt like, wow, you really took seriously what I said to you. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I, I think feedback overall is super hard, but it's super powerful and, and is definitely a gift. I That's just super. Super duper. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's so much in this book. Gosh, um, I've really enjoyed starting to read it with my team. I've enjoyed this conversation. I love how this book has really challenged our perspective, uh, really thinking through the difference between a contributor and an impact player love the thoughts on not needing a title to lead and the you know i think she talks about playing your position but expanding your influence and scope influence is something that we've talked a lot about in our teams and how you influence and how you don't need a title to influence and there's just so much in here that that I've really enjoyed and how great it can be to have an impact yeah i i've recently had conversations with leaders where i've said something that you know taken out of context could be could sound weird, but I've just said, just take over this organization, make it yours. Uh, no excuses. It doesn't matter what any leader is saying here. Like just, just step up and start making an impact. Don't, don't worry about what title you have, just make a difference. And I, again, you go back to the, the first quote, um, burnout isn't necessarily a function of working too hard. Burnout's a function of not feeling like you're making enough of an impact. And that's what we all want to do. We all want to have more of an impact and become impact players. All right. Thanks, Chelsea. Thank Appreciate you. it. Wrap it up. You're done. <laughs>